Welcome to Practically Healthy by Dr. Melina. I'm your host, Dr. Melina Jampolis, and I'm a board-certified physician nutrition specialist. And I started this podcast to take the latest science and really help you figure out what you should do, can do, and eventually will do when it comes to food, fitness, and everything that's involved with helping you become the best version of yourself. I'm really looking forward to speaking with my guest today on the podcast. Um, as many of you may or may not know, listeners, I've I've been in weight management uh, to some extent for for my entire career for 22 years. So it is really a pleasure, and I'm looking forward to going a little deeper with the uh, the chief of psychology at Noom, uh, Andreas Michalides. Did I say that right? Everybody thinks I'm Greek, so um, if I butchered your name, I am not Greek, but You're um, not Greek. <laughs> PhD, but. Um, uh, from for, so again, the chief of psychology at Noom, uh, Andreas. Welcome to Practically Healthy. I'm really excited to speak to you today. Oh, it's so good to speak to you too. Thanks so much for having me uh, here today. This is great. So, so let's jump right in. Um, you know, I, I, tell us about your background. How did you get to Noom? You know, obviously, this is a critically, critically important aspect of of both short-term and long-term weight management. And I know that from 22 years. How did you get there? Yeah, sure. So, um, so I, I, you know, my my background's in psychology um, and, you know, my, my exposure to um, behavior change actually started, I would say, about uh, 20 years ago when I started doing some work with uh, folks who have traumatic brain injuries. Um, and so I did that for in many different capacities for about five, uh, five or six years. Um, and so it was my first experience of understanding the power of, of the brain. And sometimes you don't really get that until you see the, um, the consequences of when some of the parts of the brain are, are really, really impacted in, 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 in not a great way. Um, on the flip side, um, it kind of, I, I learned really early on uh, what the power is of um, of education, of neuroplasticity, um, when you are trying to um, change some things that in the past we thought we could never really, really change. Um, and so for me, I, I my road to, and this is like a, a longer story, but my road to Noom, uh, it really has to do with my passion of merging um, psychology with with technology. Um, and, uh, you know, when I, when I, when I started off my career in the earlier days, I was at a VA hospital doing, uh, research primarily with veterans, uh, uh, who have, uh, uh, PTSD, um, stumbled across, uh, an ad related to, uh, uh, behavior change, a little, not really behavior change. It was actually groups at a, at a, at a tech company. And so I was like, all right, let me reach out and see what this is about. Um, and, uh, you know, about a, a, a million interviews later, and uh, I realized that it, the position was actually meant for an undergraduate with a, for a contractor, but they ended up making a position for me as a, you know, a person who had a, a, a PhD. And so since then, we've done a, a bunch. Uh, we've incorporated the psychology within the product. Um, in 2015, we started the, the, the coaching team, which I've built from the ground up. I uh, started the behavioral science team, uh, which is uh, focused on um, incorporating uh, uh, learnings within the product, but also uh, publishing a lot of our stuff, um, you know, to the to the world. Um, so that's 
uh, how I got to Noom. <laughs> yeah, no, that. So I, I just want to back up a little bit. Um, sure. You know, um, and and it's interesting because my my major in college was. Um, you know, kind of cognitive neuropsychology. And, and I, I remember being, you know, one of the things that was so interesting were, was learning how, you know, damage to different parts of the brain. I actually wrote my master, or not my master's, but my college thesis, I guess, on on um, a certain type of aphasia, mm-hmm. you know, where somebody, if you spoke to them, they they couldn't repeat what you said, but they could sing what you said. They could sing a response. So it was fascinating to me <laughs> to really understand how, you know, different parts of the brain could be so specific and that singing yes. something versus speaking something. But but I want to force you to explain yeah. neuroplasticity a little bit because that is a sophisticated term and I think it's really important to everything that you do. So what what is that for our listeners? Yeah, neuroplasticity is essentially, um, uh, you know, it's it speaks to the brain being able to form new connections. Or, um, uh, you know, when we say plastic, we talk about it actually means like forming connections in your brain. Um, and so in the past, there, there used to be this idea that if something were to happen within the brain, nothing could be, you know, nothing can go back to back to normal or nothing can be done to compensate. But we've learned in in later years that the brain finds a way to compensate uh, in 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 different in different ways. So neuroplasticity is is the brain's ability to heal itself, essentially. Um, and actually, building on your story, I, sorry, you just reminded me of something interesting. I I used to work with somebody, and this is the first client I ever worked with. Who um, I think I worked with him for six months, and he didn't know my name. He he like absolutely. It took him forever to uh, remember my name, but he always knew the latest song that was on the radio that he heard last week or yesterday and so even the way like memory gets encoded it gets encoded so differently when it comes to different types of information and music is always one of those fascinating things so they just sparked that and i thought that was uh uh really fascinating (laughs) yeah no i i i love that but so i think one of the things that's most interesting to me and and why neuroplasticity is is so relevant i I would say to noom is 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 you know the idea of habits and and the fact and 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 I, I I that is just a fascinating area to me which I I struggle with with patients I will tell you because I am not a psychologist and I tell everybody that but I have I've been doing this for twenty two years and I I I know where it goes wrong so talk about like psychology and neuroplasticity and its role in Noom. And, and just its role, you know, of course, everything is going to tie back to Noom, but but Noom is a weight management platform. So why is why is that so important? I mean, because most people just think it's diet and exercise in weight loss. And I know I tell people all the time, it's super tentorial. The majority of weight loss is from here up. I mean, yeah, what you do from, you know, from the shoulders up, which is the brain. So talk a little <laughs> bit about that, you know, and, and, and why Noom is so relevant, because I think this speaks to the essence of, of what the company is doing or, or you know, trying to do. Yeah. I think that's it. I, and I and I'll say one thing. I, we don't. It's it's funny. We we actually think of ourselves as a as a behavior change company. And and even in our mission, which is to help people everywhere lead healthier lives 
through behavior change, right? And so the what, what you said is so powerful because that transcends weight loss. Um, you know, if, if there's one guiding one guiding um, uh, story from uh, our user base that I think illustrates the 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 kind of work that we do, it's the it's the story of you know I know what I have to do, I just I just can't do it. Right. And, and we've all heard that. I, and I think for, we might have even said that. Um, and, and that's because behavior change is incredibly difficult. It is incredibly difficult. It has an evolutionary purpose. Uh, we are wired to do the same things over and over again in, in our patterns. Um, because it's not efficient to be, to have to reinvent the wheel every single day. And so patterns exist to keep us alive. And so oftentimes behavior change is so, is so difficult because Many times we are, you know, competing against factors, uh, biological factors that we have no control over, patterns uh, within our brain that that don't really, really want to change. Um, uh, and so, um, and, and so, anyway, it's it's a it's a very, very difficult uh, thing. Most people have tried to to change their behavior, um, and so can really, you know, I connect with the the difficulty that it is, um, uh, but ultimately it, it it starts with really starting small um and just building on on you know small steps um i could say a lot more about that but they, but i just wanted to frame that as philosophically you know that's definitely what's what's driving a lot of the work that we do yeah no i i it's funny be, I, and i love to hear that you're so committed to research because i inherently have come to that. And every interaction that I have with patients um, is, is geared towards not trying to boil the ocean, um, but yes. really trying to, let's just focus on three things. And, and I, so I, I love, and I also love what you said, because to me, people come to me for weight loss, but it's so much bigger than that. I'm I'm a nutrition sure. doctor. I'm concerned about their health, about aging successfully, about disease prevention. The weight to me is just a byproduct. It's a nice thing. It's 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 why people come to me, but it's not what drives what I do. And and it's it's almost like a secondary outcome for me. So I love that your approach is really about you know, and, and I think is about holistic health. And and by the way, the habits that you're talking about and the changes are not just about diet. Yes, we we know kind we know mainly what we can eat. I mean, we can debate that till the cows come home. And I also like, sure. you know, that you're not married to one nutrition approach. It's really, you know how to evoke these this behavior change, which is, so talk about like the holistic health because that's really what I do as well. So I wanna hear about about how Noom tackles that and maybe I'll learn some things too. Yeah, sure, sure. Uh, you know, I think the, the you know, we really think about four four major pillars um, in the context of holistic health and and really that's nutrition, uh, physical activity, uh, stress management and and sleep. Um, and, you know, I'll, I'll also say that we, while we get a lot of people, we, we get a lot of our, our users who come through the door wanting to, to lose weight, but they will many times leave the program having acquired so many different skills, so many different insights. And, you know, they might not have lost the weight that they wanted to lose because I think we, we live in society right now where, um, you know, especially when we have shows like the biggest loser, where there's this idea that like, you know, you're going to do something, you're going to lose all of this weight, you know, immediately. Um, and it's going to stay off. And, and, you know, we know that that's not really the way it, it, it works. 
Um, and so oftentimes uh, what we see, even in, in our research, is you know, folks will come in with, let's say, one very specific kind of goal in mind, um, and they'll leave with a much more realistic, and actually they'll have more success if they, as they are adjusting their goals along the way to become more realistic and more grounded, you know, within um, within their journey, because that changes, that contextually changes throughout the process. But they also get a lot of other, you know, health outcomes. They're going to adopt a lot of other, um, you know, stress management techniques. They're going to learn a lot about themselves, increase their self-efficacy and get a lot of these other skills that, they're going to uh, take with them outside of of this as well. It's really interesting that you say that because this so much mimics my practice over the last 20 years and how it's evolved. So, I mean, goal setting is critically important and not just big end yes. goals, interim, small goals, you know, is, is something that I've landed on just because and especially if people have bigger challenges, if they've never gone to the gym or if they have over 100 pounds to lose or if they have things that are can seem so much to tackle, um, you know, so so. How does so? How does Noom work in that in that way? I, I haven't. I have. Believe it or not, it, it. What's really cool is that I have patients who use Noom in conjunction with what I'm doing with them. So I oh, wow. love. Yeah, I, I love having it, this this synergy because I mean, you know, I'm I'm. I know what I'm doing. I hope, <laughs> and I, I think there is some personalization that comes with, you know, nutrition recommendations that you know that's more advanced maybe than than what you're capable of doing on a one-on-one -on -one level. But the fact that patients have found that having your support and your robust behavioral intervention. So, talk me through that. How does it work if I sign up for Noom, and and what does my coach do? What does tech do? Like. Tell me a little bit more about the process and and then the research and and how you've iterated this. Uh, I think with over time. Yeah, I mean, Noom is a, is a uh, tech company first, and I'll and I'll say that, and I, I think that's an important distinction to make because you know you said you asked the question about how we've iterated and um, we've iterated a lot. We iterate constantly, and we're constantly learning. Um, you know, what happens, what, what are you, what works with our users and maybe what doesn't work with our users. There's another element that I think is a, a really important to call out in that, um, we, the things that are sometimes, um, uh, publishers, sometimes we know about science, they don't always translate digitally, right? There, there's kind of like, there's the, there's, there's like kind of, I would say like three realities. There's like, what's, uh, what's been published in a controlled setting, um, uh, you know, in a controlled setting that maybe doesn't translate as well. Um, how does that, uh, you know, how do a person sees it in a, in a kind of a different way, in a different modality, because it's still a new mod modality and then how somebody likes it. Um, and, and sometimes those three things can, can be a, a little bit at, at odds with each other. Um, and so a lot of what we do at Noom is really trying to find that balance between all of these different, you know, different elements. Um, so, um, if you were to, and oh, and I'll say one more thing, and 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 so Noom is definitely not meant to compete against uh, any um, expert as yourself. Um, it's really meant to uh, uh, complement really lifestyle change and behavior change, and um, and so uh, one one area of 
um, inspiration that we got really early on when we built it was the uh, the CDC's diabetes prevention program, um, which is comprised of concept of uh, self monitoring, um, which is one. Uh, number two, education. We do a lot of education. Uh, we we you know uh, we give a, a ton, a ton, a ton of information to our to our users. Um, and then, uh, and then three is, is, uh, is coaching and I'll put coaching in the, in the interventions because coaching I see as like one kind of infer intervention. We have other kinds of in, in for interventions as well. So that started off with coaching and then have developed into a product feature later on. Um, but those are really three, three really basic, um, elements of, of, of the program. Um, so you would come in. You would be greeted with um, uh, with content, uh, with a task list of, of different things to do. Uh, you would get the right kind of information in the most personalized way possible, uh, the right kind of information on the right day. Um, it turns out that that's actually incredibly complicated. Uh, you don't want to overwhelm somebody, uh, uh, but you also want them to get the right information. Um, and so, uh, you know, developing something that really truly meets users where they're at um has been has been quite a journey and i would say we're we're not even all the way there we've only figured out you know we 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 always say that the product is like 15% of the way there and i i think that's really right um there, there's a there's a lot to to uh to grow on but with that um you would start uh 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 learning about yourself learning about how the brain works how um, to see your environment differently, how to see yourself within your environment differently. You'll start setting things like SMART goals. Um, you'll, you'll implement different safeguards. Um, you know, we call them SOS plans. Uh, we do, you would implement different safeguards. You would get rewarded um, in, in ways that might feel good. Uh, uh, we, you know, we have different, you know, kinds of things. Um, and, uh, and yeah, it, it'll it'll adapt to your your uh, process uh, to your to to you throughout the process along the way. So, I love that. I I I love the um and and just for those who may not you know smart goals being specific, measurable, actionable, realistic, and timely. I think that's very that's right. very important. I love the SOS plans. What I how I. <laughs> Talk to patients about that is always having a plan B, not just yeah. a plan A. I think that's really important. And obviously the rewards part of it. I mean, that's one of the things. I think it's super interesting how you have combined technology and psychology. And I think, you know, don't underrepresent yourself just because on your opinion, the product is only 15% complete. <laughs> um, I want to make sure that listeners know, you know, from an end user standpoint, you're already far ahead of the game <laughs> and that there's tremendous benefit in in, I'm sure using just even in hearing you describe it, so much of this is exactly what I do, but it's not scalable, right? I mean, I'm one person yes. and I also can't be there all the time. Like my patients are like, if I could just text you from every restaurant that I go to <laughs> or when I'm on vacation and I'm facing a challenge or whatever. And I'm like, yeah, no, you can't. Sorry. So, but go sign up for Noom because they'll help you. <laughs> so, so how does the, how does the, so I, I love the intersection of technology and psychology. I think that's super cool. And then how does the coaching fit in? And, and how do you, I mean, one of the challenges for me, because I have a new venture in the personalized nutrition play space, is how to standardize coaching, or is that not really relevant for you? Is the is it the empathy that comes from the coach, and the standardization is in the technology? How does that work? 
Yeah, you know, it's it's interesting. The journey of of figuring out what is the right way to use uh, coaching in this platform has been really, really long. Um, and I say that because you know, I've learned more what not to do over the past however many years than what to do. And 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 many things that you think would work um uh in person don't don't translate the same way uh digitally. Um uh but coaching, you know, the way we've evolved with coaching is that you get almost um you get different intensities of coaching given what you want uh, or what you need in, in in the program. And so you might start off with um, something that's more on demand kind of coaching, um, but then move to something that is a little bit more uh, more in, in intensive where you're actually working with somebody to to set goals um, and to help you keep accountable. If, if you actually try to give some one big learning is if you actually try to give somebody coaching um, and this seems obvious, that doesn't want coaching, um, it's not going to be super effective. Um, and so there's an important, uh, uh, even though other aspects of coaching, other aspects of the, of the program are, um, are really, really valuable. So the key is kind of like putting the coach uh, at the right time with the right person in the right moment um, and, and adjusting the intensity throughout the program. And then, and then we also have different offerings where we are doing more intensive kinds of coaching where we're doing video, actual video coaching, um and uh, in those situations we lean on aspects and training of uh in psychology that are you know we think is like the gold standard um so our coaches are trained in things like motivational interviewing um which is a uh, a, a skill set uh, i don't know if you're familiar with it it's a skill set that of was course. developed <laughs> yeah so it's a skill set that was developed uh the use of uh with with addictions and essentially it's 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 really helping uh folks who have um uh, helping folks navigate through stages of change um and so uh so yeah our, our coaches are 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 trained uh, with a lot of those uh, skills uh different elements of of uh, CBT as well um, cognitive uh, behavioral yeah. therapy for those who yes. don't know what CVT Sorry. is. Yes. Yeah. No, that's okay. <laughs> that's why they pay me the big bucks. Cause I can translate these acronyms. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Um, uh, great. No. So I, I, but you bring up a really interesting point though, you yeah. know, because if it's a technology company first with the advances in technology and, and, you know, I know that like UConn, for example, has an entire department focused on kind of this CBT and motivational interviewing. How much can bots do this? And how much do we still need that human element, the empathy? Where I, I, I'm just curious if you're, if you're looking at that and, and I, and I'm sure you are if you're a tech company first. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, something we've definitely spoken about and and have looked at. We are not, we're not at this point, or or we're not talking about trying to replace uh, hu- um, bots for coaches at this time. Um, uh, you know, and I'm I'm also incredibly biased, um, and I I do think that that there is a special uh, role that a human has in in connecting one on one with somebody else, especially when it comes to um, uh, you know, video and, and seeing another person, you know, I think it's really difficult to, um, to mimic nonverbal communication. That stuff also is, is incredibly important to forming that connection, um, to helping people feel understood. So, um, so we really still embrace the idea that, 
you know, humans, humans bring a very unique element to the, that empathy and that relationship. Um, and that's not something that we're trying to replace at this time. Yeah, no, I, I think that's true. I, I really do. And I think there's just only so much, you know, just education, you know, without the kind of practical implementation and, and, um, and, and also I, I do think just the empathy. I mean, I tell this to patients all the time, you know, I don't eat perfectly all the time. I wake up feeling lazy and don't want to go to the gym. I love chocolate chip cookies and, you know, having pizza with my kids every once in a while. You know, I, I just because I study this and I, I know what to do and I know for the most part, you know, um, you know, I, I think having that human connection. So it's funny when you said about the four pillars, you know, I would, I would add in a fifth one where it's really that, that, community and connection and I, yeah. so i think you you do bring that in with what you do which i think but and there's a lot of research showing that you know just in terms of health that that human connection and and even longevity societies that have more of a of a robust network of different generations yeah. and and family and community live longer and i think are healthier so and i think you're inherently doing that even though you, so i challenge you to add a yeah. fifth variable to yeah. your uh, four <laughs> we we you know you're it's a great point and i mean you know connectedness and and that human connection is a key component of intrinsic motivation and we you know we embrace that we we have a community uh feature as well where people are connecting with each other so you're right we were maybe i wasn't calling it as a pillar uh but it is something that uh that is incredibly 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 important yeah um, no i i i i think you're already doing it so you don't need to call it out as a pillar because you're already <laughs> doing it but for me i do like to emphasize that to people because i think you know our our society has changed and i'm 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 yeah. particularly interested in longevity and and when you look at the blue zones yeah. these communities that you know it, it's really about family and community and and now in in modern times i feel like you know you go to school on the east coast or kids are on the west coast you live in the middle of the country it's true we don't you know i have to pay for every spare second that i have of uh, alone because i don't have you know parents and grandparents and and you know people like community to to support yeah. me as much so i think any way that we can tap into that uh, you know, is, is incredibly important for, for mental health, which I think is, is also a huge component of obviously what you do, um, at, at Noom. So I love it. So, so you have a, you have a book coming out, um, the Noom mindset and, you know, this podcast is evergreen. So by the time some people listen to it, it may already be out the new mindset. So why did you decide to write a book? What can readers expect to find in it? I assume it just complements what the app does, but tell us a little bit more about that. Yeah. Um, so uh, yeah, thanks for calling it out. It's it's new. It didn't come out yet. I just got the, recently got my advanced copy. So uh, super super excited about it. Um, yeah. I mean, I'm 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 really excited about it. Um, and you know, it was it was a very much cross functional um, effort to write a lot of the stuff that we talk about within the within the program um, right down on on paper. And I think. For, for for me, one of the things that is the most exciting is that, you know, not everybody might have access or the ability to to purchase the program or to or to do um, the actual program. And I think 
that you know at at minimum being able to look at some of the the the, the you know the science that we have the way that we translate psychology because we you know we the, the idea is like we, we we there are all these concepts of people we want to translate them in a way that is um digestible to people so for me i'm i'm really excited about the dissemination factor um and it really helps us uh, align with our mission which as i mentioned before which is to help you know people everywhere lead healthier lives uh uh through 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 behavior change um uh but uh yeah so the the book it, it kind of gives you uh, a breakdown of uh the way that we we define things the way that we think about things um ways that you can um apply uh the concept to 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 your life um, and, and thinking about, you know, weight loss and behavior change in a sustainable longitudinal kind of, uh, process. So, um, so yeah, really excited about it. Really, really excited. So the interesting thing about this, and, and I think, you know, without even having read the book, but just in speaking to you and your approach at Noom, I think, you know, this is something that it doesn't matter what diet that you're on. If you do not yes. address the psychology, <laughs> of behavior change, you will most likely fail. And I think when you look at, you know, big databases, the National Weight Control Registry, um, yes. you know, so few people succeed long term with weight loss. And I don't think it's because necessarily diets fail. I think the psychology and the habits and the behavior change was never there in the first place to support whatever diet. I, I like to say that all diets work for some people some of the time. Um, <laughs> so the question is, you know, how how does it really stick? Um, and and I so I think you know the, this idea of of really building the foundation from a from a psychology standpoint, I think is only going to help. Anybody and everybody. So I'm already a huge fan of your book. I haven't even seen it, um, but I think it it really is going to have the potential to help a lot of people. So, you know, the podcast is called. So I want to, you know, let's give you you have some some easy tricks or you know simple things. Are, are there anything that um, before they get the book or before they sign up for Noom? Can you give our listeners some some tips and tricks to to kind of begin wherever they are on their journey of, of behavior yeah. change and whatever it's related to, weight loss, weight gain, uh, preventing diabetes, improving brain health, longevity, getting to the gym, you know, being happier, whatever their goals are. Give us some, uh, some tips and tricks. Sure. Yeah, I'm happy to. Um, you know, I think, I think first and foremost, it's important to give context, uh, uh, to anything that you're doing. Uh, you know, we have this concept that we call your big picture. And so that's just like identifying, like, why are you doing this? Why are you trying to change the, the, the your, you know, your behavior? Um, you, 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 you know, and I think that's really, it's, it's incredibly underestimated, but it's incredibly, incredibly important. So most people, get in the you know wake up get in the car to drive to work well i don't know these days if they're still driving to work uh given where we're at as a society but you drive to work uh and um uh, you know you work uh for a paycheck um you bring your your money home and uh you you potentially you're gonna you know you're spending to live and but hopefully you'll have something that you want to purchase maybe you want to go out or or anything like that um and so that action that you're doing getting in the car to go to work 
is tied to so many other things. So many, there's so much context around that. And so that means that if you have a really bad day at work or a couple bad days at work, you're probably not going to quit your job um, because there's a lot of, you know, there's more context to actually going to work. So, so my first thing that I'll say is like really giving the the work that you're doing or the thing you're working towards a, a little bit of a deep, deeper reason. Um, and that actually helps when things get really tough. Um, uh, so that's, that's always my first, uh, go to, um, as, as weird as it sounds, uh, try to decouple, uh, motivation from action. Um, you know, uh, it, 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 you know, there, there are times where, um, uh, you're not going to want to do something, um, and, you know, to have action, not be dependent so much on motivation, um, it can be extremely powerful. And, and there are ways that you can uh, achieve that, one of which is something called we, we call habit bundling. And so um, if you want to, for example, uh, start doing something new that maybe is not a, a current habit right now, tie it to another habit. You know, you know, I talked about, you know, thinking about your big picture, your YBP. Um, and maybe it's important to like really rehearse that a little bit or think about that a lot more because it's really difficult to, to keep that in the forefront. Um, put a post-it while you're brushing your teeth in the morning. Uh, you're probably going to brush your teeth every single morning. And so making that as part of your, your morning routine is like really combining one thing with, with another habit that you currently, you know, currently have. Um, uh, and I'll make two more points. Uh, Start small, really, really small. Um, we talked about that a little bit before, but really important to start small and, and build on on that foundation. Um, and uh, and know that um, setbacks and uh, all the 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 stuff that comes up that most of us can uh, probably relate to is is actually part of the process. Um, it's not really a deviation of the process. And so when you start thinking about the process as inclusive of setbacks and things like that then you start to have a different relationship with uh with what might feel like failure um so that's 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 what i would that's what i would say i love that and and i i find it encouraging that i do a lot of this without understanding what i'm doing which is quite interesting that's awesome. I, i've never <laughs> i've never but but i you know one of the things that i do with patients um and I love how you put it. It's much more eloquent than me, but like <laughs> decoupling motivation from action. For me, what that is, at least from a nutrition standpoint, is building the infrastructure so that I am not relying on motivation for the behavior to be there, the action to be yes. there. So, so it's hard. Right. So we, we make over 220 food and beverage decisions every day. For people to make the right decisions every single time is exhausting, right? I exhausting. can't expect them to do that. <laughs> and they're not going to be motivated to do that because they're being pulled in so many different directions. But I tell them, if I can build the infrastructure... If, if you know the restaurants that are easy, that you like to go to, that have, you know, fast food if you need to, if you have the frozen entrees in your freezer, if you come home from work and you're exhausted and the last thing you want to do is start cooking, if you build the infrastructure 
you're much more likely to not require motivation to take that action or, and, and that's what you're saying. And, and I love the habit bundling. I mean, so much of this is amazing. I can't wait to read the book. I'm very excited. <laughs> Again, it's the new mindset. And Andreas, I, I think what you're doing is extraordinary. Um, I, I, what you've done at Noom and what you're continuing to do and your commitment to research and, and everything and, and the growth mindset too in terms of evolving and and I think it's super cool and 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 I'm you know <laughs> having done this for 22 years if there's anything that I've learned I mean I love nutrition it's my passion and and and, and I but it doesn't matter I can know everything in the world I can know exactly what you need to eat based on yes. your genetics your epigenetics your microbiome whatever it is but at the end of the day, you have to make that choice. You have to eat it. You have to move. You have to manage stress. You have to focus on sleep. So nothing matters if the psychology isn't there and the behavior. So um, thank you so much for the work that you do, the continued work. Uh, I'm looking forward to, you know, reading the book. Is there how can people connect with you and Noom? Um, yeah, I mean, you can go to um, noom.com uh, if you would like to uh, check out the uh, the the program. Um, and um, if, me personally, my email is Andreas at noom.com um, or LinkedIn or anything like that. Um, so uh, and do you do you update any of your studies on Instagram or any of the social media platforms? Are is there you know just so people can kind of stay on top of of yes. what you're doing? Are you yes? There's a, Instagram yes. is just noom. Uh, <laughs> uh, it, um, it not uh, I will say LinkedIn is is a place where you know we'll post some things. Um, our blog, uh, that kind of thing. So, uh, but yeah, when, as soon as something comes up, we like to like blast it on on the right. Uh, mostly the LinkedIn and uh, the LinkedIn. Mostly our blog and uh, and LinkedIn. <laughs> and so, can they can they sign up to be like a subscriber to your blog or something like that? So that because I I think this information is relevant and and um, to be you know constantly updated too and just kind of yeah. keep keep your head in the game, you know? Um, yeah. I think that's important. You can't subscribe. We don't have a subscription just yet to, to the blog, uh, but we constantly are, are refreshing it. Um, that's, a, that's a good, actually, request. It's <laughs> a good feature request. <laughs> well, there you go. You can, uh, I'll bill you for my marketing hours after this. But um, again, thank you so much. It's been really a pleasure thank talking you. to you. And and and, uh, and again, the book is The New Mindset, Noom.com. And Andreas, uh, I really appreciate everything that you're doing for the field. And I, and I, uh, I think it has... Uh, it's, it's it's critically important. So thank you for joining us today on Practically Healthy. Thank you so much, Dr. Millie. It's great to, to talk to you today. Have a wonderful day and uh, stay safe. You too. Stay okay. healthy. Bye. Bye-bye. I really hope that you found the information in this podcast helpful. I know I did. And I welcome your feedback because I'm doing this for you. So if there's topics that you want to learn about, something that you want to learn more about, if there's something that you want to explain further that I've talked about, please let me know. Comment on my Instagram page. Send me an email, melina at drmelina.com. And definitely hit that subscribe button because I'm going to have great new content every single week and I don't want you to miss an episode. That's it for now. Stay practically healthy.